The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Is your organization a talent magnet? Is your culture the envy of the business market? Top organizations need top leaders. Make sure that you are that leader. This show will ensure that you are. Welcome to I Lead, The Leadership Connection with Dr. Linda Sharkey. Leaders today are more than just results. They are about creating legacies of great people, driving winning organizations, and raising the bar for themselves and that of their teams. Now, here is your host, Dr. Linda Sharkey. Welcome. I'm Linda Sharkey, host of I Lead, The Leadership Connection, and I'm really honored in particular to be here today because this is my 50th show. It's my 50th anniversary. It is exactly one year ago that um, I started on this journey of being a radio show host. Um, I really want to thank Voice of America, the uh, host of this show, for asking me. I never thought I'd have a career in this direction. It, It was a little choppy at first, and I've learned so much. I'm, I'm really humbled by the experience, and I've just had some great people on the show. I, I just was thrilled that so many people were willing to come on board and were willing to be part of the show, and I think it's, it's, it's just been a tremendous, fun, fun experience. The other part about it is, you know, I've just learned so much by listening to all these terrific people that have great insights into what's going on in the workplace today, what needs to happen going forward. We've covered such topics as smashing the glass ceiling once and for all. I had Randall White on, who is the original author of the book Glass Ceiling, 30-some years ago. I'm also honored that PricewaterhouseCoopers had enough confidence in me to sponsor the show which was just terrific. And I feel particularly proud of the fact that we have a large global listenership, which is pretty exciting. I'm I'm, I'm so happy that people find some of what my guests have to say really valuable. Some of the great people that have been on that just crossed my mind are Margaret Keene, the CEO of Synchrony Financial. I, I asked her to join because... She is a CEO of really a a big financial services organization. Marshall Goldsmith, the leading guru in leadership development and coaching. Chris Worley, a renowned professor from USC who's written extensively on leadership, culture, and organizational change and wrote in particular the Agile Organization. I also had uh, Rob Cook, who is a co-author with me, on winning with transglobal leadership. He's the CEO of Human Synergistics, a company that is renowned for its cultural assessments. Some leading thinkers and best-selling authors, Marag Barrett, uh, Jason Jennings, Jan Rutherford, 
and many, many other people that I, I, I sure, um, I can't list them all, but I want to thank every single one of them for helping to make this show the success that it is. And I'm just proud and honored that they were willing to stay with me for a year. So it's only fitting, I think, since this show is about leadership, culture transformation, that I invited Janice Semper. And the reason I invited Janice Semper is, one, I've known her for a long time and have a tremendous amount of respect for her. But the other reason is that she works for GE and has for 20 years. And at the 20th anniversary, uh, the, the 50th anniversary of this show, it seems only fitting to have someone from a company as revered as GE who undisputably is the leader in executive and leadership development, the trendsetter, the pace setter in the world. And what's terrific about Janice is that she's in this fabulous role that is designed to help create the cultural transformation of GE. She's a leadership development guru. She also is focused on talent and how GE does talent and performance management in support of all of this. She's had jobs spanning the globe. Janice has lived in numerous places around the world. And she's one of the forefront of thinkers in the area of leadership development. She also worked at PepsiCo for a period of time. And as I said, she's 20 years at GE. I recently saw Janice at uh, Crotonville, which is where I asked her if she'd be willing to join the show. Because the story that she has to tell about the GE cultural transformation and the processes that they're changing to be more contemporary is just fascinating and exciting. So with that, let me introduce Janice Semper. Janice, thank you so much for joining the show. Hey, Lynn, it's my pleasure, and, uh, and congratulations on your 50th show. That's a, that's a great milestone, and I was quite, um, you know, amazed at some of the speakers that you've had on the show, so, uh, and quite honored to be one of them as well, so, so thanks for inviting me. Well, I was thrilled when you said you'd do it, to tell you the truth, so, um, you know, let's, let's get started, Janice. What are the forces that you see impacting the workforce today from, from your vantage point? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, when I think about it, Linda, you know, it, it really starts with the fact that, you know, the whole nature of business is just, it's just changing. I mean, if you look at the world around us, um, it's quite astonishing. You know, the, the pace of change, the disruptions that are happening um, in all parts of our lives, and particularly at GE, it's impacting so many parts of our business, right? Whether it's the healthcare business or it's the lighting business or it's uh, transportation or it's power. I mean, every day we're seeing these amazing um, technological innovations that are changing the way we work. It's changing how we compete. It's changing what we do and how we do it. So with all of that, and you know, we've really had to um, step back and think about, you know, how do we stay competitive as a company? And, you know, it's, it's not unlike what I'm sure many of the listeners are experiencing um, themselves in their own um, organizations. You know, we're feeling it, I think, full force at GE, given uh, our size and our scale, the, again, the industries in 
that we're in and the fact that we're in 175 countries. So, you know, we've got this vast footprint and we're sort of feeling the magnitude of the change, you know, coming at us from like all different sides. Yeah, and it's fast. It's very it's, fast. Right? Very fast. <laughs> and, and sometimes, you, you know, it's complex. Yeah. And being able and having the time to figure it out is virtually impossible in today's world, don't you think? Oh, it's just, it, it's coming at us at lightning speed. And it's, and it's um, quickening, right? I mean, it's not getting any slower. And it, it won't um, for as long as we can see. So it's definitely, I think, um, you know, I use the, the term that uh, I, I got from some folks that we worked with, passion and panic is like basically is the hallmark of my mm. day every day. <laughs> I love that, passion exciting. and then panic. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then you sit there and say, oh, wow, like how am I ever going to, um, you know, sort of deal with this, right, and overcome it. And, but at the same time, it's extremely it's extremely exciting, and it really is um, just a great time, I think, to be working in an organization and to be in the space that, you know, we're in or I'm in, which is leadership development. Yeah, and, and the cultural transformation, Janice. Yeah, I mean, yeah. why, why is GE thinking, because you have, you know, it's one of my experiences with GE, which is one of the things that I loved about it. It's had very strong values, and values, as you know, yeah. are the underpinnings of culture, and very strong leadership practices connected uh, with, with the values. Uh, why is it that GE is looking at, you know, cultural transformation at this point? Yeah, and, and Linda, you may know from your time here, I mean, one of the things that's part of the DNA of the company is the fact that it is a company that always reinvents itself. Um, yes. It continues to evolve. I mean, we've done it time and time and time again, and I think we're fortunate that we do have that in our DNA. So, you know, while it's a daunting task to think, how do you change and literally transform and reinvent a company of this size and scale, the fact is that we've done it before and we'll do it again. So um, we've ha- we have to do it. Um, it's about GE's survival, um, quite honestly. You know, if you, again, look at what's happening in the world today, we can't stay still. You know, we have to continue to evolve um, how we work, how we think, how we compete, uh, the areas we're in, and and that's it's just another transformation that we're doing in the company. Um, again, we don't do it every year, right? It tends to be um, something that we do as we look at the various decades and what's happening. But we're at a very unique period of time um, that I think is one where we'll probably see one of the bigger transformations that we've made um, in the organization. And also, uh, as you said, in, in a world that's even more complex, more uncertain. So you're making this, you know, you're doing this transformation in the, in the context, in the environment around it makes it that much more challenging. Yeah, it really does. And, and you know, I think that you're absolutely right. One of the things that, that I think GE does incredibly well and, you know, I think I, I can speak to this because I've worked in many other companies in addition to GE, and so I can make some comparisons. But it is a company that's a learning company, and as a yeah. result, it will uh, transform. And it constantly is looking at new and better, more contemporary ways of doing things. So people have it sort of in their in their DNA at GE, not to hold on to the past, but to look towards the future, as you're saying. And I think that's a, a credible 
sustainable asset of this organization. Yeah, it really is what has honestly kept GE alive for over 135 years, right? When when companies that started out with us on the Dow Jones don't exist anymore. You know, we're the, like the only company that uh, was on the original, listed on the original Dow Jones. So all the rest are gone. So it, it really yeah, is part of the um, company history. And as you said, the good news is it, it is in the DNA of the culture and of the people, the leaders that are here. And it's how we think about, it's what we look for in leaders. It's what we cultivate. It's what we um, continue to make sure that we develop in leaders because we know that's the future of the company. You know, and as you said, it's the sustainability factor that we need to keep the company alive, basically. You know, one of the things that it was written about, and Susan Peter Peters, uh, you know, it was quoted many times in the paper, even during the recession, that GE, of all the companies, never let go of its commitment to developing leaders. Right. And I think that was a big factor in also being able to weather what was pretty kind of nasty storm for everybody. Yeah. So I think it's exciting that you keep that. You know, and one of the things, um, you know, a lot of times um, folks kind of think, well, this really started, you know, probably 20 years ago when when Jack Welch was leading the organization. And while Jack was obviously a huge, very visible proponent, if if you look back at our history, it goes, it really precedes Jack. I mean, it goes way back to the early days of GE where the leaders, um, you know, the chairman and the CEOs at the time really believed that leadership development was a competitive advantage. And they yep, made it absolutely. a competency of the organization. So, yep. you know, with that, that unyielding focus on leadership development, no matter in good times and in bad times, it's almost like it's the the core of the company that you just don't touch it. And we're fortunate that, again, we had early, early business leaders who recognized that, hey, this is a differentiator. Um, so let's really... Right. Um, Janice, hold it. that That's thought. What what, I, I hold that thought because we're, we're at break. So we're going to take Wait. a break. We're talking with Janice Semper, uh, the leadership development, cultural transformation guru at, at uh, GE Worldwide. Uh, we'll be back shortly. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. If you have a loved one that is undergoing treatment for substance abuse or mental illness, you owe it to them and yourself to tune in to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. This compassionate and educational talk show will help you help those that you love by better understanding their condition and their personal recovery process. Tune in every Monday at 12 noon Pacific time to One Hour at a Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Recovery begins this hour. Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that, if done right, really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. 
Game-changing technologies and strategies are transformational, exciting, and disruptive for a reason. They shake up your status quo. They get you thinking about new ways to scale, compete, and grow. They move you in amazing new directions. You're invited to take your coffee break with Game Changers on Wednesdays, 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time for our special series on game-changing HR leaders. Learn how you can become the savvy leader who takes your company across the finish line as you look ahead to the next wave of business innovation. Game-changing HR leaders presented by SAP and America's SAP Users Group. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to one 866 Four seven two five seven nine zero. That's one eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero. Or you can tweet the show at hashtag #ILeadTLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now back to I Lead the Leadership Connection. Welcome back. I'm Linda Sharkey, your host, and with me today is Janice Semper. Very fitting for our 50th uh, show this marking one year anniversary because Janice is the global leadership development guru and uh, cultural transformation leader at, at GE. And before we broke, we were just talking about how leadership development is really at the core of GE. It, 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 it happened way a long time ago. And Janice, you were saying back in the 1920s, uh, the enlightened leaders of GE realized that they needed to get leaders together regularly. Do you say more about that? Yeah, I mean, I know that a lot of times, um, you know, uh, folks think that it was really the when we opened up the doors of Crotonville in the 1950s that this became an important focus for the company, and and actually it preceded um, you know, the focus of it preceded that. That's just when we actually physically bought a plot of land <laughs> and said, hey, we'll build the Leadership Institute. But the whole idea of, you know, really focusing on leaders and developing them um, in, and again, viewing leadership development as a competitive advantage really started much earlier than that. Um, one sort of fun fact is we've actually uncovered some of the original sort of books, if you will, from some of these early classes, which were, you know, oh, how of, interesting. Yeah, 16 weeks in length. You know, can you imagine? Um, wow. That was today. Um, and People would kill. Was, yeah. Was, can you imagine? Um, but it was just great to sort of see their, how they thought about leadership back then and, and how it, important yeah. it was to the, to the management of the company, right? And they really were teaching it. And, uh, and it was, it's great to sort of see what we call the blue books. And we, we, um, we have them and, and uh, we're able to find a, you know, sort of a whole volume on eBay, I think, or something. <laughs> it's great oh, to wow. Have how cool yeah. is that? That is really cool. So the whole concept, which pervades the learning and development world now, and executive development world now, started way back when with leaders teaching leaders. It's 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 sounding like right. Yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly again part of the the history and the heritage um, started and and was really um, part of how we thought about leadership in the company, dating all the way back again to like the nineteen twenties and thirties. 
I think that's so cool. I'd love to see those books sometime. I bet they're really fascinating. So, Janice, you know, I know that there's, um, you know, GE really, as we said before, is the benchmark and, you know, for, for decades for, for developing leaders and, and also for putting in place a meritocracy, differentiation, excuse me, performance management processes, etc., which personally, from my own personal experience, I thought they were the best bar none uh, in, in the world, but yet you are rethinking the performance process. And um, so tell me about that. Why are you doing it? Yeah, so, um, you know, I would say it, it really um, comes back to and ties directly back to the transformation that I was talking about earlier that we're really undergoing right now as a company. Um, and, you know, the vision for GE is to become what we call the digital industrial. So it's to become the 21st century industrial company. And to to do that, to achieve that, we have to transform the way we work. So if you think about that is your goal, you know, how do you make that happen? And a big part of that is your performance management process, right? Because that really guides how individuals work in the company, it reinforces the behaviors, it, um, you know, it talks, it drives accountability. So we took a step back and said, hey, we've had a, um, a performance management process in place for a very long time. Um, our performance management process uh, actually was introduced in the 1970s. So, you know, and it had a really good run, um, but we stopped and said, hey, you know, it worked it really well. Yeah, I worked in an environment that was a different environment. Um, and it was an environment where uh, growth was on a different trajectory. We weren't as global. It was just a different time and place. And what we stopped and said is, is that, uh, is this process still work in the context of today's world. And our yeah. gut was telling us it probably didn't. And when we stepped back and we actually talked to our employees and our um, managers of people and our senior leaders, what we learned is that it wasn't really working anymore. We weren't getting to the outcomes. It wasn't having the impact that we really needed it to have as the organization was operating in a completely different world. Well, you know, when you and I were talking before the show, one of the things that we kind of said was, you know, there's people that still are holding on to that once a year and, you know, yeah. quarter, uh, that maybe they, they talk twice a year around performance reviews, but performance is all about Excellence, you know, helping people achieve, achieve right. excellence as opposed to working towards that sort of mean. And, uh, you know, I think what I'm hearing you saying is that the system is not pushing people towards excellence anymore. No, it's not. And, you know, I think that's one of the things that we uncovered as we went and talked to our managers and our employees was that there were some clear positives about the system that we had in place, but there were also some pretty big negatives. And one of them was Mm. the negative impact that it was having on um, a portion of our employees that, you know, weren't really sort of viewed as the the top of talent in the organization. And we realized that we've got great talent at GE. We have fabulous talent. 
And we're not really unleashing and tapping into all of those individuals to really help them to operate at their highest potential level, which then de facto really helps the organization in, as a whole. So I think that was right. one of the things that we've wanted to focus on is how do we really, and that's one of our outcomes, is how do we really um, develop and grow our talent in a way that they really see their development, they feel like they're being developed, they contribute more, and then, again, that just helps the performance of the entire organization as well. Yeah. So tell me specifically, Janice, I, how, I, you know, I, I listened to what you had to say at, uh, Cro- at Crotonville recently, and it was just brilliant. But share with our audience what, h- how you've gone about it and how you're running the system now. Yeah, so one of the things that, um, that we did, and, and first of all, Linda, you know that this is like one of the hottest topics in HR, right? There's so many companies that are relooking at their approach, um, which is great. Um, what we did is, first of all, we recognized that, um, hey, it's out there, it's a topic, but we need to do what's right for GE, right? We're not going to just jump on this bandwagon because everybody else is doing it, and we need to, if we're going to do this, we need to design an approach that's going to work for our company, um, given the challenges and, again, the context that we have. So what we decided to do was to use um, an approach um, that we've been rolling out across GE uh, to transform the way we work, which is based on lean startup methodology coming out of Silicon Valley. So Mm -hmm. we have been partnering with um, Eric Reese, who wrote the Lean Startup, Mm -hmm. to introduce uh, basically a new set of principles and tools in the company, which we branded FastWorks. It's sort of like the what Six Sigma was in the '90s. FastWorks is to today's uh, you know way we work at GE, and we used this methodology to design the new what we call performance development approach. And essentially what it enabled us to do was to zero in on what would be most important to the end users of this approach. So we looked at our employees and our managers of people um, as the customers, if you will, of the new approach and said, what would a success outcome be from their perspective? not from an HR perspective, but from their perspective. And we spent a lot of time talking to them and understanding what their needs were. And then we basically tested our way into designing the new approach. You know, we were able to see, um, interestingly enough, there were a lot of similarities across those customer segments around what a successful outcome would be, and we were able to design the approach by taking um, elements of it and testing with small groups of employees and managers to learn what was going to work and what didn't work so that we could quickly sort of pivot, if you will, and iterate the approach before we scaled it across the company. And I think that's helped us to learn a lot. It's helped us to get to a better outcome one where our employees and leaders, you know, are having and feeling the outcome that they said is important. Um, and I think that's one of the, um, you know, one of the differences that we have seen in the way we've done stuff in the past. 
um, and also the way we have gone about designing uh, a different HR or talent process in the company. Yeah, I want I want to get into that, but if you would share, Janice, I thought it was fascinating that the whole uh, feedback session. We're thirty seconds to break, so we'll get into that um, after after this. But I, I loved the whole piece about insights and suggest what insights and suggestions, and so that it's an ongoing sort of feedback system that people have, and you know that the employees put in their their priorities, etc. So when we come back from break, I'd, I'd love for you to. Uh, share a little bit more of that um, because I think it's it's unique and how that fit in with the your experiments around differentiation which GE is so well known for. So we're coming to break. I'm talking with Janice Semper from GE, the architect of the new performance management system at GE, which I'm going to stop using that word, the new performance development system <laughs> uh, at GE, which is so much better. I love that word so much better. So stay with us. We'll be back. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that, if done right, really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. Does your organization lack proper leadership? We're not necessarily talking about experience, but about how to face the changing dynamic of leadership today. Sometimes the people we lead know more, old ways don't work anymore, and the comfort zone just becomes too easy. Listen for Out of the Comfort Zone with Dr. Wanda Wallace. We'll show you how you can adapt and develop your leadership skills to today's workplace every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. tuned in to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can tweet the show at hashtag ILEADTLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now, Back to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. 
Welcome back. I'm Linda Sharkey, your host, and with me is Janice Semper from GE. We're talking about the new performance development system that uh, Janice was, frankly, the architect of and leading the way uh, of, of a new approach to thinking about enhancing people's performance and elevating performance and making it part of a development process. So, Janice, tell me about, you know, the new language. New. So, uh, tell me about that part. Yeah, the whole so, lessons you learned about change management. Yeah, I, I think, um, Linda, we were chatting earlier, and I know I talked about this when um, I saw you at Crotonville. One of the things that we've learned about, you know, change management in today's world, right, as opposed to uh, maybe what we all experienced 20 years ago, um, is that we needed to, again, sort of create a, a new way of working in the company. And what we discovered is, New language, so using new terminology, leads to a new mindset, which needs to leads to a new set of behaviors. If you try to use the same terminology, but but um, you know change the content of it, what we find is that people keep you know interpreting it through their old lens. Right, you almost have to figure out mm-hmm. how do you give people a new way of a new lens, if you will, a new way of looking at something. So what we discovered is if we called it something different, um, we found that there was an openness to looking at something in a new and a different way. So one of the things we've done with the new performance development approach is um, is to introduce some new language in the company. And you know, performance development essentially is more of an ongoing process. We've moved away from an, an, an uh, annual performance evaluation to a much more ongoing performance development approach. And to be, um, you know, to be honest, many of our processes at GE, even outside of the talent processes, our operating processes no, no longer are annual because nothing is annual anymore. <laughs> so That's we true. to a much more fluid and ongoing approach. So with performance development, we introduced a few new terms. Let me give you a a couple of examples. We moved away from setting goals, individual goals and objectives, to what we call priorities. And we chose to frame our work around a set of priorities because when you talk about work in terms of priorities, you automatically ask the question, am I working on the most important things? And we felt that that was the question. That's and that's the conversation that we needed our employees to be having with their their managers about their work. Are we doing the things that are most important to our customers? It also allowed us to um, shift throughout the year and adjust the work based on what we're learning is most important and most impactful to our customers. You know, when you set a goal at the beginning of the year, it's really hard to sort of shift that goal or say, you know what, I'm not going to do that anymore because that's what we were held accountable for at the end of the year. So it was hard for people to wrap their heads around this idea that, hey, this can shift based on what you're learning. Um, and so we had to change the nomenclature around, and priorities helped us to frame the work differently and enable different conversations to happen in the organization about the work. The second, yeah, that's an important concept, Janice. 
Yeah, it, I mean, it really is. So go on. The second, go ahead. It's subtle, Linda, but it's actually pretty powerful because it just changes the conversation. Yeah. The second right, totally. um, term that or language that we introduce is we moved away from the term feedback. And in, in, in designing performance development, we spent time talking to thought leaders in the area of feedback, um, academics, neuroscientists, and really learned that, you know, that word in and of itself causes... Um, People hate. Exactly. Right. right. It causes them to sort of, yep. you know, brace for bad news, and they stop really right. listening Listening and learning, right? Exactly. exactly. So we changed it, and we started, and we introduced the word insights, because essentially, what you get from feedback is an insight. So we, in performance development, we talk about, uh, and a very, very important element of it is the ability to give or request insights throughout the year, real time, not only manager to employee but peer-to-peer, colleague-to-colleague, and uh, team member-to-manager. So what's great about it is by framing it as insights, it does take a little bit of that fear away. We also introduced a very um, simple framework um, to help position or to frame the insights in a way, again, where the intention is to help the person be successful. And that simple framework, uh, we call it continue, consider, really, again, has helped to free up that level of dialogue in the company where people can give insights to each other, again, sort of real time, with the intention, again, of improving that person and making them um, more effective and more impactful in the company. You know, I, I really love that because, you know, we all know that as soon as you say to somebody, let me give you some feedback, they're not expecting to hear something great, uh, you know, and so th- so they really do get defensive. But getting sort of a, what Marshall Goldsmith would call feed forward, let me give you some yeah. suggestions for the future that you can do, is, is brilliant. And using those words, I think, uh, again, are, are really brilliant. Now, I want to get to something else, Janet. So, you know, there's this raging debate, as you well know, and we referenced earlier about ratings. You know, ratings are important. People have to have ratings. And if you don't have ratings, how are you going to know who gets the most bonus and all this other kind of stuff? And, uh, you know, to me, that strikes me as sort of HR people holding on to what they know from the past, from, you know, more industrial age businesses and more bureaucratic organizations and, and not moving forward. So I understand that, you know, if a company like GE can move away from ratings, and I understand you have, can you, maybe other organizations ought to rethink that. So can you tell me a little bit about that, what you've done in that area? Yeah, so so one of the things we're, we're, um, we've done is we're beginning to test the concept of no ratings. And, and quite honestly, Linda, we didn't jump into it because, for a few reasons, one is, now, we were one of the companies that um, really, I think, were at the f- forefront of, of ratings <laughs> in, from the beginning. Yep. Yeah, they, right. They really right. were a big part of, um, of how we looked at talent assessment and talent development. Also, for us, the ratings were, did become the basis of a lot of talent decisions. So yeah. we didn't want to just rip it out. We wanted to understand, is there a better way? And let's test 
our way yeah. into it. So essentially, what we've done is we've um, we've experimented and te- and and we're we're now including portions of our employees where they're not getting ratings, and we're going back and we're studying the impact of that, the impact on our employees, the impact on the managers to be able to make talent decisions, um, to understand, hey, is this something that we do want to introduce across the entire organization? And, you know, I agree with you that initially, I have to tell you, when I sort of taught, brought up this topic, um, I was met with a lot of stares. <laughs> I was met with a yeah, lot of violence. Right. People were like, yeah. well, like, how could that possibly be? We, you know, we can't yeah. do it. And by testing it um, with small groups, what we were able to do was get data, and data speaks volumes. So, for example... Uh, facts are something good. You bet. You bet. And last year, we actually tested um, no ratings. So the small group, it's about 1,000 employees. And we were able to go back and look at how well were they able to reward their talent without a rating, because that tends to be the big question. If you don't have a rating, how do you know how much, you know, to reward them? To give somebody. Exactly. And what we discovered was that, um, and we had control groups, right? And we did this as, as an, you know, mm-hmm. a, a rigorous experiment. A true experiment, the, yep. Exactly, that the managers who did not have a rating were able to reward appropriately. They were able to differentiate at the same level as managers that had a rating. And when we stepped back to say, well, why is that? What we discovered and learned was that these leaders were um, on the new performance development approach, and they were having more frequent conversations with their employees. They had greater line of sight into the impact and the contributions that the employee was making. So they actually had more data than they ever had to be able to make those talent decisions. Um, and Yeah, that's fascinating. What we also realized is that the employees didn't necessarily miss not having a rating. That was sort of an assumption that we made. They understood why they received the reward that they got because the manager was able to give them more information and articulate it um, better. Yeah, and it was more about what they did as opposed to saying, I gave you a three or I gave you a five or I gave you a two, and the employee feeling like, oh, gosh, you know, why didn't they see how well I did on this or whatever it was. Absolutely. The the resounding feedback, um, or I would say the comments that we got back, was that the conversations were more meaningful, mm. hands down. You know, when they got to the yeah. end of the year, um, and we do have a summary at the end of the year still, they all said it was just a better conversation. It was richer. We focused on really what was important. You know, the rating was a distraction, quite frankly. Um, And everybody from the employee and the manager got more out of the discussion, which set them up for a much, you know, they felt like they were set up for, um, for the year in a much better way. And that, after all, is what you're looking for. That's what you want out of, uh, you know, a performance development situation rather than people being being angry that they got a three or I have another company I'm working with which who will go nameless but you know they give everybody threes because they you know don't want to tell somebody they're really bad and they don't want to tell somebody they're really 
great. And so they just give everybody a three, which is worthless, (laughs) right? Yeah. I mean, the thing that you really want to do is, is you really want to get to the specifics, right? And it's not to say that these conversations were, hey, great job, thank you very much. They were actually really rich conversations that had a lot of insights shared in terms of what the employee um, did, which was really impactful, and what they should consider doing differently to be more impactful. So, again, the content of the conversations uh, really led the employees to be able to walk away to be able to do something with it, right, to improve their performance for themselves, again, and ultimately for the company. Yeah, which is really what it's all about. And we're at break again, Janice, but stay with us. I uh, There are a couple of – there's uh, one question that's been uh, emailed in that uh, I'd like to ask you when you come back. And then I would like to talk just briefly about some of the challenges that you saw. So stay with us. We're talking about fascinating discussion with Janice Semper about how GE is transforming its culture through its talent practices and its performance development system. Stay with us. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that, if done right, really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. Effective leadership is what will propel the world, organizations, and businesses through a range of dynamic changes. How do you keep up with these changes, build skills, and lead effectively? Listen for Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. Maureen offers tools and engaging guests who are leaders in their field. With each week, you'll work on and improve your skills to lead with confidence and drive your organization's success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. tuned in to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. 
That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can tweet the show at hashtag ILEADTLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now, back to ILEAD, The Leadership Connection. Welcome back. Um, I'm talking with Janice Semper, and we're having a fascinating discussion around GE's performance development system and how they went about really changing the language, which changed the mindset, which changed the behavior, and making it much more of an ongoing process so that at the end of the year, you know, the, the, the leader and the employee really have a close working conversation on an ongoing basis about how to make things better and how to continue to grow. It's I Personally, I think it's the way of the future. But Janice, what what have you seen? What were some of the challenges quickly that uh, you had to overcome in order to move in this direction? Yeah, I mean, this is this is a big change, Linda, as um, as you know. Yeah. And um, you know, we really had to um, be very clear on what was the vision. You know, what we were trying to accomplish. Um, also, you know, this is about behavior change. You know, it's not about yes. introducing a new process into the company and saying, okay, we're done. So our measure of success comes down to, A, do we see the behaviors in the organization that we want to have? And again, to go back to our employees and managers and say, do you feel an impact? And that, quite honestly, that, that takes time. Um, we've seen, too, that, you know, you can't just do one training session and call it a day. You know, you have to um, do ongoing enablement, ongoing capability building, um, and pro- you have to build a new muscle in the organization around some of these behaviors, and you, you can't just, you know, do it once and call it one and done. It takes a really concerted effort. The other thing was really the change the role of our, of our HR function. Um, you know, HR played a very uh, important role when we had our old system of ensuring, quite honestly, compliance to the system. And now right. we really were putting them in a position to um, to be enablers and coaches and to build capability around these behaviors and not just track activity level to assist to a process. And that really required yep. a whole shift in mindset, as you can imagine, and as well as a building of our um, capabilities of our HR folks to be on-the-ground coaches. Um, so that, yeah. you know, I think, was another big change. Um, quite frankly, what we found is that um, most of our HR people are enjoying the change. You know, it's, it's more rewarding and it's more satisfying. But initially, there was some you know, again, sort of blank stares and what do you mean, like, I'm not going to be sort of, you know, playing the same role that I played in the past with our performance management system. Yeah, managing the process. and But, you know, I do find that when, when you give HR people the opportunity to coach, uh, to work on cultural transformation, it's much more exciting at the end of the day. So, Janice, quickly, we're coming, we have about four more minutes for the show and, and we had a question that came in uh, from the field and the question is, what are the critical leadership characteristics of tomorrow's leaders from your point of view? What would be the three to five characteristics that you think are going to be essential for future leaders? 
Yeah, I mean, this is something that um, we've also been studying. Um, you know, what is sort of the, the new leader model, if you will? And, you know, things that we're beginning to see that are becoming important traits and, and characteristics are things such as um, systems, being a systems thinker. So the ability to really frame and shape and and connect different data points, um, we think is really something that's, um, con- you know, going to be a really important leadership characteristic. The other is being an integrator. So, you know, can you take intelligence um, and uh, from, from really more of a universal environment um, and be able to integrate that for speed um, and for impact? The other thing is just being technologically savvy. I mean, you know, really being able to understand, um, you know, the technology and the power of technology and what it can do. Um, I think that's something that, you know, to be honest, Linda, you, know, you and I, our generation, that was sort of a nice to have. Well, that's a that's a need to have now because, you know, it's, again, it's a must have now. Uh, yeah, absolutely, and that's something that our leaders have got to be really, really savvy around that. Um, And then the other thing for, I really think also just being extremely customer-centric, like really, really having an intense laser focus around the customer. I I think that that is a leadership trait that, um, you know, it sounds maybe like basic, but to be honest with you, it's really hard to do, especially in a large organization. But that's really yeah. a differentiator, is being zero focused on uh, being able to truly understand your customers' needs and to design solutions to meet their needs. And I think that's, again, another key yeah. characteristic. Janice, thank you so much. I, I can't think of a better person to be on my 50th anniversary show and uh, one year anniversary. And I loved the conversation and I just appreciate so much your willingness and openness to share uh, where GE is. And uh, it's always been a pleasure working with you and uh, talking with you today. So thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, well, Linda, uh, it's my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on. And again, congratulations on your 50th show. Thank you. Thank you. So coming up next week, I have uh, Jean Malnati, who I think you're going to love because she is uh, CEO of uh, Culture First organization. But more importantly, she's her the Malnati family owns a uh, big pizza business in uh, the Chicago area and is expanding. And she has some wonderful stories to talk about how culture transformation and really getting close to your people and understanding your people is essential for businesses today. And you know, I I really do think, and and Janice even spoke to this, a big part of her role is culture transformation. People are understanding more and more how important organizational culture is. Because you can do any great process. You can think of any great strategy. If you don't have a great culture that embraces innovation, that embraces transformation, that embraces people, that thinks about how they can continue to do better every day, you're not gonna. You could. You could have the best widget in the world and the best piece of technology, and it's not going to go anywhere. 
So next week is Jeannie Melnati, and I'm so excited to have her. So thank you again, everyone, for joining me for uh, my 50th show, and I hope uh, that I can have another great year as this one, and I just appreciate all my listeners and all the guests that I've had on this year. As I said, it's been truly an honor to do this. I hope you'll join me next week. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of I Lead, The Leadership Connection. Please join Dr. Linda Sharkey again for another show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a successful week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 